Welcome to The Thriving Degenerate. I'm your host, Andrew Moore. Here on The Thriving Degenerate, we tell you ways that you could take traditionally non-productive or risky behaviors that you enjoy partaking in and flip those into things that work for you. And normally I, I go with this on my own and tell you about my experiences, but we're going to have our first guest today. If you're in the fantasy football world, there's a high likelihood you know this guy. He's been on Fox News Chicago, WGN Chicago, CLTV, so if you're in the Chicago area, you may have seen him on TV as well. Today we have Mike Taglier, aka Tags, from FantasyPros.com, and he's done something that's very bold, that many of us want to do, but haven't been able to do, myself included, and that's quit his nice, cushy job and full-on pursue his dreams. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So this is another episode of The Thriving Degenerate. And I'm going to teach you, along with Mike Taglier, how to quit your job and pursue your dreams. So, Mike, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm glad that we were able to uh, finally get together to do this. I know we've been talking about it for a couple months. Definitely. Glad to be able to do it as well. So uh, just take a moment and, and introduce yourself and let the people know what you do from your own point of view. Yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> when I tell people, I'm like, what do you try and do? I'm like, well, I try and predict the future. That's ultimately in the end what it's trying to do, because what we're doing is like I analyze football for a living. I sit there, I watch film, I stare at numbers, I look at analytics, and I try and take all those things and, and formulate an opinion as to what I think is going to happen in their future game and how that relates to fantasy football. So the way that you know people are like, wait, you read about fantasy football for a living? And I'm like, well... Yeah, uh, I do. But at the same time, I, I, I like to believe I write about football and how it relates to fantasy football. And then obviously we have our podcast where we talk about all that. So uh, in general, I just found what I love to do and I, I talk and I write about football all day. That sounds sounds pretty cool. Uh, but I'm sure that there's some, some troubles that come along with it, like any other job as well. Uh, so we'll get to talking about some of that later. Because all that glitters is not gold, and there's always, uh, you know, as as much as we love doing what we do as creatives, uh, there there is always a hard path to get there, and that's why a lot of people aren't able to do that. So we'll talk about how to overcome some of those things. Uh, but first, before we do that, what you know, fantasy football is a very popular thing. Um, a lot of people participate in it, but I would say that the majority of the people who are doing so, nobody's really looking at it as like, this is something that I could get into and make a career out of. Uh, it's mostly a hobby for most people. So when did you decide, all right, this is something, uh, you know, writing about fantasy football, analyzing fantasy football, predicting and, and, and really diving into this as a profession is something I want to do. It's a great question. It's one that I don't know if I'll ever be prepared to answer exactly when that, that happened. But I mean, when I started writing about it, it was just for fun because people apparently wanted to hear what I had to say. And this all stemmed from my regular, my, 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 my home league, you know, the guys in my league. I started writing in the smack talk chat and just posting what I thought was going to happen in every matchup. And there was one Sunday where I went to a Bears game. I was tailgating, so I didn't do it that Sunday. And uh, I started getting text messages from everybody in the league saying, hey, where, where's your prediction on what's going to happen? And it was like, wow, they actually give a crap about what I had to say. And uh, so I just started writing, you know, doing stuff like that for fun. I hurt my back. Um, I had back surgery and I was laid up for a year. They basically a year recovery. And 
I, I was just sitting around writing notes on players. Like it was before fantasy football drafts were about to take place. And uh, my wife looked at me and she said, what are you doing? Like, wh why don't you do anything with the stuff that you're writing? And I was like, what, what the hell am I going to do with it? You know, it, at this time, websites were they were a starting up thing. Like the Internet was prevalent. Yes, but it wasn't as it is today. You know, it was like podcasts. There were <laughs> there were like a couple out there, but it, it was a very small market. And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who would want to read me outside of my friends. And she's like, well, if you had a website, what would you call it? And so I started, and so I was like, I don't know, tagsfantasyfootball.com. And, uh, you know, five minutes later, she's handing me her laptop saying, I bought you the domain, now create your damn site. Uh, so that's how it started. And uh, I did that for years. And I was like, I didn't know where it was going. I really had no idea. I was just doing it for the fun of it, for the love of it. Um, didn't make a dime. And it was, uh, it, would, it was about four years that had gone by. And I hadn't made anything and it was taking a lot of time because I started to grow a bit uh, where I had I started to develop a following, but I, I still hadn't made any money from it. And I was working my full, you know, 40 plus hour job, getting home and doing that as a second job, but not making any money. And I remember it was uh, I think it was 2015 where I looked at Tabby and I said, you know, I think I'm going to give it up. I, I mean, I love it. And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm just, it, I feel like I'm sacrificing a lot of time with family, with you. And because we had it, we had a daughter, you know, and it was like, what am I going to do? And ultimately she said, I want you to do me a favor. Give me, give it one more year. Cause I feel like this is what you're meant to do. So keep pushing, give it one more year. And if nothing happens, then you can walk away. And, um, <laughs> oddly enough, you know, three weeks later I was offered, basically I found out about a job for PFF that they were hiring and uh, I applied for a part-time analyst position and um, th they, they said I had a following, so they were willing to take me on. And that was like legitimately, that was the first push I got to where it was a paid writing gig. It wasn't paying much. I mean, literally, I might have been able to buy a dinner a week <laughs> with the money I was making from it, but it was something and it was a step in the right direction. And that's the first step, I guess, to where when I realized that maybe I could do something with this. Awesome. Yeah. So a few things that that I took from that that I think uh, are good information here for people to, to something that that's actionable is one, if you're in any type of creative field, uh, you notice that he said there was many years where no money was coming in. So any creative fields, any niche fields, you have to be prepared for like a five to 10 year internship to yourself, essentially, where you're learning the game and you're not making the money. So, you know, if you're trying to get into podcasting or music or writing and you're just doing it because you want to make quick money or you think it's a good career choice, uh, you know, it's got to be something that you love doing, that you're willing to put the time into the craft because there's there's going to be inevitably those years behind the scenes, uh, you know, where, you, where you're building up your skill set and getting to a point where you can't, where you people do want to pay you to do what you're doing. Um, another thing I took from that is... You have a strong relationship with your partner and a partner that's pushing you to pursue your dreams. Uh, so I think those are, are two things that are super important to have. Um, do you have any advice maybe for somebody who doesn't have that type of support system, but who still wants to do, who wants to jump after their dreams? Uh, and maybe you don't and that's fine, but uh, I guess, do you, do you? Do you have any advice for somebody who doesn't have that same support system that, you know, I have that as well with my wife um, to be able to go after it. But can you think of anything maybe for them? 
It's it's a that's that's a fantastic question because in the industry I work, there's a lot of guys that I've met throughout the process that don't have it, and that they they come to me and they say tags like I I I love doing I love doing football stuff, but my wife's on me. I'm not making any money doing it. Um, it's like I'm just it it was it was all my fears that I had about you know pulling myself away from my family. They had those same fears. Unfortunately, their wives or their partners some some women are in the industry now and their their partners aren't as supportive as mine is. And uh, my advice to them is that, you know, your partner has to come first. And I, and I understand that you have to follow your passion. And if, if there is a point where you feel like it's your passion is, is, is greater than your feeling towards your partner, it's almost like you might need to reconsider some personal things in your life, um, unfortunately. But because that's what you do, right? In a relationship, you support each other through the thick and through the thin. You support them to do what they want to do. Because in the end, if you're doing something that you love, it's going to make you happier as a person. Like I've always, you know, there's some people that grow up. My dad was one of those people that he was always like, I want to be rich. That was, that was his goal in life. I want to, you know, I want to make a million dollars, whatever. And, you know, to each, to each their own, my brother has similar goals, but me, my goal was, I want to be happy. Like, I don't really care what that means. I don't know what that means because, you know, when you're 25 years old or whatever, you don't know what being happy means. All I know is that if I can pay my bills and I'm happy doing what I'm doing, that's all I really need. Um, so you need, you just need a support that's willing to, to help push you towards your goals. I mean, that's the thing is, is not even, not even don't whine about it. You know what I mean? Like where it's like some people don't have the support system that I do, but you, it's, you need someone to push you too. It's not even just saying, I'm okay with him doing that, whatever. No, no, you need them to support you because that's that's just a sign of love, right? Like someone that wants to see you happy. And and like when Tab, my wife, she sees me behind a computer doing football stuff, she knows I'm happy. When I'm watching football, I, she knows I'm happy. So it's, it's like you with music, right? Like your wife looks at you and you're creating music and she's just like, I know you love to do that and I would never, ever, ever want to take that away from you. And it goes both ways too, where if my wife wanted to do something, she wanted to start a podcast, I'm going to support the hell out of her. I'm going to push her to tell her, keep going because as you met, as you said, you can go years without making a dime and that that's the key to, to it, right? Is that th- I want you to stop and just say, if I had the day off work today, what would I be doing? It's like, okay, that's, that's a good question. Me, I always been, would have been doing something football related. If I, am I playing Madden? <laughs> am I looking up stats? Am I doing whatever? Uh, so football was always a part of me. Like it was always something I, I, I never knew I wanted to do it for a living until it kind of like just was kind of tab asked me why, you know, what do I want to do? Um, but in the end, it's uh, find something that you're okay doing in your off days that you're not getting paid to do and make that your living. Is, is it... Is it probable? No, because when I started the fantasy football and that whole industry, like my website, there may have been five people in the country who were paid to do it full time. Uh, it's becoming more prevalent. I still know that I'm in a spot that not many people have. There might be, um, I'll call it maybe 500 full time fantasy football analysts in the industry right now, but it's not, it's, it, I'm, I'm lucky to have the job that I do, but I, I, I still grind the way that I did back then. I do it now just because I know someday someone's going to want to take that away from me. And I, I don't want to let them. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that last part. You still grind the way that you did when you were coming up. Uh, one thing you'll hear a lot of people who are successful say is that it's hard to get it and it's even harder to keep it. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a great point. No matter what field you're in, uh, you've you've attained in your field, I would say, a higher level of success than I have in music. And we're both, you know, we both have a, our, a following and we're, we're both, uh, you know, still, but we're both, I would say, still trying to, we're not satisfied with where we're at and we want to keep going. And I think that's a trait that, that many people who continue to elevate have is that 
all right, maybe you are way further than you thought you'd ever be, or or maybe you're, you know, you should celebrate those things. You should be happy that you've gotten there. You shouldn't take it for granted. Uh, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't just think I'm always going to have this though. You know, you should definitely continue to be hungry. You look at any great athlete. Uh, you look at Tom Brady. You know, this is going to air after the Super Bowl, but we'll talk a little Super Bowl stuff later. And, and uh, you know, so you could look back and see how right or wrong we were. But, but you know, that's a trait that Tom Brady's and the, the Kobe Bryant's rest in peace and LeBron James, Michael Jordan, they, they all have that drive like, all right, yeah, I'm great. Maybe I'm even considered the best in the world at what I do. But what can I do to get still get better? And just to understand that there's always somebody who wants to do what you're doing. Not just somebody, a lot of somebodies who want to do what you're doing. So, and that that doesn't even just go for a creative field. You know, you might be a, a salesman, and and there's there's a line of people who wish who interviewed for the job who didn't get it. Uh, so you know, we we should all uh, outside, even if you don't want to quit your job and pursue some some uh, you know pipe dream. That's or maybe I don't want to call it a pipe dream because anything you put your mind to it, you can make it work. But uh, you know, that's just something something good to keep in mind continue the drive that you have don't get too comfortable because if you get too comfortable even if you do are getting to where you want to be it's not going to last very long uh, so i think that's great that you're you're keeping the grind going um so you uh you decided i'm gonna so to, to those who don't know mike had a, a good job he had a nice uh job in finance he was set he could have he could have stayed there for life, I would say, right? And you could have been all good and created a nice life for yourself and your family and, and not had much to worry about, right? Uh, but you saw, you decided that that wasn't going to do it for you. Um, I'm sure it was a hard decision to make, so I don't even want to ask that simple question of, you know, how hard was, of a decision. I'm sure it was hard. Uh, but, how, you know, how did you uh, – was it just – was it really just the support from your partner that from Tabby that pushed you to do it? Or was there more to it than that? Well, you were just talking about, you know, like in terms of like, you know, even if you don't have that pipe dream job or that dream job yet, you know, whatever you're doing in life, do it to the best of your ability because someone else can take it. You know, you might not love your salesman job, but at the same time, there's someone that wishes they just had a job, you know, so be happy with that and, and whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability. And so that carries over through every bit in life, not just, you know, to work as a football writer is that anything you do, do it to the best of your ability because you never know the opportunity that can come from it. Uh, I didn't, I did work in finance and it, it was a good career. It was, it was what I considered to be my career. I planned on doing it forever and um, I had good clients. I had good people I worked with, but in the end, I was not satisfied in life with what I was doing. I didn't feel like I was making the impact that I wanted to make in my own life or anybody else's life. I, I just felt like that there was more for me. Um, so when PFF, I had worked for them for a part-time, it was for a year. And then they basically said, hey, we wanna hire you full-time in season. So this is basically a job that they wanted me to sign a contract to say, you're you're only under contract from September until February, and then basically you're on your own. And we might resign you, we might not. I had no idea what that meant. And uh, let me tell you that the pay was drastically uh, less. Now, <laughs> to, to compound everything, I had this great job. Again, I, we had a big house. Uh, we had our dream house, basically the house that we always wanted. Um, and so I sat down with my wife and she she... She's like, I think you should be accepting this job and, you know, we'll sell our house. We'll make it work. 
uh, like we're going to down basically downgrade everything else in your life to say, is this going to make you happier in the end? And these are sacrifices that you have to make, whether it be a house, whether it be time with friends. And um, those are all things that you have to sacrifice to make these things work. And in the long run, do they pay off? Yes. If, if you really dedicate yourself to it, I believe that. Um, but so th- here's the craziest part to know just how crazy things can get. Not So I came to terms with the fact that we had this mortgage. We had a beautiful home. My wife talked me into selling our home, downgrading and saying, okay, I'm going to leave my job for this, for this, basically this pipe dream that as you called it and, you know, make a lot less money. Basically, I'm going to need the wife to carry me for a little bit. And so I, I came to terms with that. As I'm about to put in my notice at, at my career, uh, I find out Tab's pregnant. So it's, so it's like, wow, um, you know, and our kids, so you, so you guys know listening, they're, they're 14 years to, between them. So Jonathan was somewhat of a surprise for us. Um, so she was pregnant and it was like, whoa, whoa, I'm not leaving my job anymore. This isn't happening. Uh, I even went as far as to, to interview for a higher up position in, in finance. And uh, she's like, no, you're still going through with it. I'm, I, I will carry us. We're going to be fine. We're going to make adjustments that we need to in life. So when that happened, when you have someone that your partner or, or anyone, it, it doesn't even have to be your partner. If it's your parents that support you, I don't really care who it is, your best friend. When you have someone like that, that puts that faith in you, that, that says, I believe in you. This is what you are meant to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sacrifices along with you to make sure that happens. I know it sounds corny as hell, but I am, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of mottos because I think that there's a reason that they're said in general, because they actually work. Uh, once you get past the idea that they're corny and Believe me, I'm someone that used to say that stuff. But in reality, failure was just not an option at that point. You know, my wife basically talked me into quitting my job that supported our family for so many years and to to do it for for what? For nothing, essentially. But she was like, I know what's going to happen is you're going to work these, you know, five, six months and then you're going to be offered a great full time position. Lo and behold, you know, the company I'm with now, Fantasy Pros, they reached out to me in February and said, hey, tags. I don't know. We don't know what your status is. And I said, well, you know, it's funny because my contract is coming up at the end of this month. And they were like, well, we're talking about hiring a full-time analyst and to start up a content side. And, um, the, the wish became a reality and uh, it was a full-time year round salaried position where I no longer had to worry about per piece work. I know I didn't have to worry about a contract every single, you know, five or six months. And the dream started to become a reality, but I, I, will never forget the grind that it took to get there. I will never, ever forget the, the, you know, the four years I did it non-paid, the, the couple of years that I did it where it was just little minimal pay, where it was just like, I'm going to continue to work because there's someone out there. There's, there's a little me out there somewhere that's saying, I'm going to get to where my tagliere is. And I'm like, well, wait a minute <laughs> to get where I'm at. That means I have to slack and I can't slack because again, I know what it took to get here. I know the sacrifices we made to get here and I'm not going to give it up anytime soon. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you, you talked about, you know, mottos, um, and the value that, that sometimes just saying something could have. And I believe in that. You know, I'm a rapper. I, I believe what you speak, what, what you, you say could, and I've seen it. I've seen, you know, I've written songs three years and then, it comes true or you know it comes it what i said you know predicting the song it, it comes true and i'm not gonna uh i guess i in a way do what you do as well i try you know as as artists you got to kind of be ahead of what's happening or at least try to predict a, a little ahead of what's happening so that because you know a lot of times you're making content just a little bit behind when you're putting it out right uh, 
but back to what you know the the mottos and the and, and and thinking and saying positive things that's a you know our brains are are the one thing that we just our the science is not quite there on and there's things that that aren't understood but there's definitely a lot to like positivity and the energy that you put out there the energy that the people around you put out there that make things that seem improbable uh just happen you know and and i you start to see it when you really go after what you're doing i've seen it plenty of times i'm sure you've seen it i think anybody who's really going after something that's hard and really believes in it you know it happens as much as you believe it's going to happen and and that's about the cap of it there's been times throughout me pursuing music that you know and i'm at a point now where one way or another most of my income is coming from music whether it's recording or editing or from multimedia um but yeah i I went through a you know eight year period where i was just working dead-end jobs and and hardly you know getting much out of music money-wise um but staying positive and just staying like i'm gonna do this it's gonna work has always been what's gotten me to the next level there's been periods over the last 10 years uh for example when when uh my wife sonia was pregnant with our daughter mia i was like i was 23 years old uh i was just contemplating all of it i didn't like the job that i had and i didn't like the uh, that i wasn't making a lot of money and i knew i i was about to start a family so I'm like, I don't know, what am I doing? You know, I'm I'm pursuing this dream that's like, it's it's such a low likelihood of happening, and I don't know. And, and then everything started going that way. All the momentum that I had built over the prior three to five years was just going down because I didn't believe in myself the w- the way that I had at one point. And it didn't take me very long to get out of that funk and to realize like, no, you you're gonna do this. You know, it took me maybe two months of like the idea floating around of not quitting music because I'm always going to make music, but quitting it as like a, a profession, you know? Um, but I noticed in that time period, it, it, that really brought it to life to me that the way that you see yourself and the way that you put yourself out there, it, that's really, that's, that's the, the highest you could get, you know? So if you're, if you're, if you've got something you want to go after and you don't really believe in it, you're probably not going to, get to where you want to be you have to really believe in it 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 definitely helps to have people around you who really believe in it but at the end of the day even if people believe in you if they believe in you more than you believe in yourself you know the the amount that you believe in yourself is kind of the cap um so so cool man i'm i'm glad to get your your thoughts on all this uh from my standpoint you know i i hear a little more of the backstory now you were you were writing kind of as a hobby um, you didn't necessarily have aspirations to make it a career and it, it, it kind of something felt an opportunity came to you and you said yes. So that's another key to everybody listening out there. Say, I'm not saying say yes to an uh, opportunity that you feel in your heart is, is, a, is not worth it, but be willing to say yes to opportunities that are scary. Um, so you did that. You said yes to an opportunity and that led to you get, eventually getting the full-time job at Fantasy Pros, which, as you said, uh, a very rare job in general and even just within the industry that you're in, a full-time analyst position, content-creating position. Um, so from my standpoint looking, it was a fairly quick transition from, like, I'm going to quit my job 
to when you became a pretty successful figure in the fantasy world. Would you agree with that or is there there's something I'm missing? No, from the time that I actually got the first paid job, I, that's the thing is like what happens when you start like when you when you actually get up in the in the limelight, right? Like with Fantasy Pros, they they helped me create a name for myself in the industry, and now there's a following that basically they found me because of Fantasy Pros, and um, they'll be like, "Well, it must be nice, you know, working at Fantasy Pros." I'm like, "Well, you you didn't see you didn't see the the you know the five years before uh, I started getting paid anything uh, where I wasn't making anything." Um, but that's the thing; no one cares. <laughs> no one really cares about that but you ha- but it, but but you listening to this podcast you do because you 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 need to know that because there is going to be that time where again I'll go back and I'm not afraid to admit that I almost quit I almost quit because I didn't know what to expect from it anymore it just felt like when you do something for four years and you don't see progress uh, like you like I saw progress in terms of my following on Twitter but it wasn't anything substantial um, it was just little by little but in terms of when I got my first part-time job to the point where I got offered the full-time job. It was a matter of like a year and a half where that happened. So yeah, I guess once I actually got, it's it's all about taking advantage of that opportunity, right? And I love that you brought up saying yes to opportunity because it's one of the things that I tell people in this industry, whether it be you want to get into fantasy football or whatever you want to get into, um, podcasting, you say yes and you make it work. So I remember when I was working in finance again, so yeah, I get a lunch break, right? Uh, I was offered to be on a CBS podcast and it was like, CBS is a big name. I'm like, I do not want to pass on that. I remember I'd be invited onto like Sirius XM and I'm like, this is a way for me to get my name out there. I would legit bring my mic to work on my laptop. I'd bring my little blue Yeti mic. I'd plug it into the USB and I, I, I would get on their call and I would do it via Wi-Fi. It may not have been the most quality, but I never said no. I made it work. If I had to, I would take a vacation day from work. Like this is, it's because I legit gave it everything I could where I never wanted to look back and say, could I have done more? And the answer is no. And it continues today where I ask myself all the time, like, do I deserve this job? Could anybody do this job better than I could? And my answer is no. And if it, if it were yes, I have a real problem on my hands because basically I've lost that edge. That's great. I, you keep ending with gems here, so that's good. That's something, you know, I hadn't necessarily thought of that to myself before. I guess, I, I can't say I hadn't thought of it because early on when I was first, like, you know, really going after being an MC, I've, I've been a musician for way over half my life, significantly over, you know, I'm playing drums, but when I really got into rap and MCing and writing, I guess there was a period where I was like, all right, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, better than the best or, you know, up there. Like, I shouldn't be comparing myself to the local pool of talent. I should be comparing myself to Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, J. Cole, like the, the ones who are at the top. So, and I guess I still do hold myself to that standard, but I don't necessarily look at myself day to day and ask, are you doing what it takes to be the best at your craft so i think you know i i definitely learned something out of that and i i think that's awesome to to ask yourself um and you should check in on yourself because if you aren't you know you need to look at yourself and be able to really accurately assess like am i doing enough to get where i want to be and if you're not then you got to step it up if you want to you know Again, how to how do you how to quit your job and pursue your dream? You got to be all in. We've gotten that so far. Um, it definitely helps to have a support system. You, uh, you, what's that? 
sacrifices exactly you've got to be prepared for sac- financial sacrifices time sacrifices uh relationship sacrifices which you know if it's gonna show you if you if you do this it's gonna it's gonna show you who's really in your life and who's really you know ride or die for you uh when you see when you're in those times when you're going for it and it's not working for you uh you'll probably see some people who don't believe in you but the ones who do you know all right these are the ones who are who are really here for me I think that's a valuable part of uh, of going after this. That you know, any dream that you have is the relationships that you build and the quality of those relationships. Uh, is there do you, is there anything reg- in regards to that that you can speak about within the fantasy football industry? Um, are there people that you met starting off as work relationships, but then uh, you guys become friends? Is there you know do you have a strong community base? What you do? Yeah, it's it's a really close-knit community. Um, there's a lot of guys that are trying to do it the kind of the way I did it, the way I came up, and they're starting podcasts, and it's becoming more saturated, so it's getting harder and harder. And you know, But the thing is, over those years, you're going to start to see people weeded out because they're going to fall off after not making money for a year or whatever. There's some that walk into opportunities, and they're just really sharp guys uh, or ladies that, that make it into it, and there's some that are willing to admit that. They're saying, hey, my journey was not as hard as someone else's, and that's, that's, the, that's the truth of the matter, is some guys, they might work in the industry for a year, and all of a sudden, they get this big opportunity and it's like they didn't go through the grind does it mean that they can't appreciate it no it's almost like saying that you came from a home there's people that you know there's people that come from from spoon-fed families they have a lot of money right and they don't appreciate things but there's also some that come from those families that they say hey i know what my parents did to get where they did and i know it takes a lot of hard work and there's some people that are so i don't I don't think you should ever stereotype people um, just based on how long it took them to get into the industry, but understand it could be a longer journey. Uh, but in football, yeah, I, I mean, it's a very unique job. So I didn't really know what to expect. You know, when PFF offered me that job, they sent over a contract. You know, I, I, I never had a contract. You know, <laughs> when I got a job, it was like you're signing a W-2, you're giving your tax information, you're filling out the I-9 or whatever it is. And um, they gave me a contract. And I didn't know what the hell it meant. So I reached out to someone in the industry has been a friend to me, uh, Sigmund Bloom. He works for football guys. One of the big, one of the bigger sites in the fantasy industry. Um, and, uh, he used to be a lawyer that kind of was a similar path as mine where he left because he had a friend that lost his life and he, it made him realize just how short life was. So he left and he, he started doing football stuff. And, uh, so he was someone that I always gravitated towards listening to his podcast. And I said, Hey, can you carve out some time? Like, I don't know anything about this contract. You help me out. He said he sat on the phone with me for an hour talking to me about what it meant, uh, what they were they were implying in certain things. Um, and to this day, I, I call him a friend. You know, like there's a lot of guys in the industry. It's 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 an industry where everybody seems to want to be able to help each other. Um, there are some there's are some out there that are, you know, they are what they are. And um, it's just like any other industry, though. You know, there's a few bad apples of the bunch. But in the end, it's it, it is it is nice to have a support system and guys that again, you're trying to make it in the same industry as they are. And as long as you're not threatening them, you know, they're pretty willing to help you out. That sounds very similar to, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the music industry more specifically. I'm, uh, you know, I make hip hop music and I'm part of the hip hop culture, I would say. And I'd, I'd say it's, it's very similar in the, in the sense of uh, everybody wants to help each other unless you're, doing something that's stepping on their toes that's like inappropriate you know what i mean as long as you're acting appropriately within i guess the code of of ethics that we all are kind of unwritten and, and stand within um but yeah so but there's mostly support um so we're talking about good relationships and i'm gonna ask this question and if 
if it gets to uh to a point where you feel like it's uh it's a little too controversial then we'll just cut it but um bad relationships in the industry are is there uh is there any anything that where you've come across where you feel like uh there's people who are in a higher position than you are who are trying to keep you from taking their spot or from uh you know i guess is there once you get to a point where all right i've i've gone after it i'm on the i'm ascending up uh my career seems to be going places um have you run into anybody within the industry that's tried to i guess keep you down maybe for whatever reason but i guess uh just a hypothetical situation maybe to keep themselves in their position so maybe they're threatened by you or you know whatever other reason they would do it yeah um the, it, it's 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 considered taboo i guess to talk about that stuff sometimes but i'm not i'm not shy about it um you know, when I first got into the industry, um, I, I'm not going to lie, you know, like I, my entire life, when I seen people on TV, like when I saw my favorite rock star, when I met Jonathan Davis, uh, like, you know, meeting those people, like you're speechless, like your heart stops and you're just like, you almost looked at them as like this icon when in reality, they're just a person. And, you know, I started to realize that the more and more that I got to, to meet some of the guys that I looked up to in the fantasy football industry, uh, I was at a conference that, you know, we were that we were. It was it was for for writers in the fantasy industry, and uh, as I'm walking through the hallways, I see Matthew Berry, and I'm like, holy cow! Like it was one of those moments, right? Like you, a guy that you've seen on TV that I've listened to on podcasts, and it was a surreal moment for me. Um, stopped and I met him. We talked. It was a good conversation. Uh, I ran into him at the Mavericks game because we were out in Dallas, and he he remembered me and my wife, and it was a good conversation. Um, and then you know there was there was a thing on Twitter basically that happened uh it was probably a year or two later uh where he basically came after the my company fantasy pros and he just he threw some shade at him and i i really just wasn't okay with it because i'm like hey if you badmouth them you're badmouthing me because in the end i represent the content side for fantasy pros so i kind of stood up for one of the writers and it turned into a it turned into a disagreement um and it, it, it went into dms or whatever but you know it was what it was and you know uh fast forward a few years and something else came up and uh someone it was basically me standing up for the industry because everybody talks about how they want the industry to be friendly and they wanted to say hey we're willing to promote others work and we want everybody to do well until it comes to the point where you have the, the opportunity to jump on a company and say something bad about them because if you do that then you're just looking for that opportunity and it was just it rubbed me the wrong way um, and there were a lot of people using this specific scenario because there, there was something that happened with the company, my company, um, that was unfortunate. And it was a, an incident that no one at our company could have predicted. Uh, but it was just something that we had to deal with. And we did, we dealt with it the correct way, but people lashed out on Twitter and they started talking, saying bad things about the company. And so I stood up and I said, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm, I'm willing to say that I, I want the best for the industry and this and that stop. I said, be the person that you are. Stop pretending to be a person to someone else if you can't act as that person. And someone added Matthew Barry on it. And he's like, wait, is this about me? Like, are you like, and so he was mad about it. And rightfully so. I mean, if someone's going to attack me like that, I would probably be mad about it too. So he, um, it, it went to this thing. And, and I basically said, you know what, Matthew? I said, I'm not part of your crowd for whatever reason, but I'm not going to sit here and like, let you talk bad about the company because in the end, it's my livelihood. That's my job. Like it's my career. Like you, you are very influential. I respect the hell out of you as a writer, but you can't do this. Like 
you can't say that you want the industry to do well, but the second you have a chance to, to rip on my company, it was more like, don't do that. Like, stop. I, I mean, so fortunately, he, he, he's, he sent me a DM and he said, hey, I want to talk with you man to man. And I said, I, that's, that's all I want. I would love for that. So we got on the phone and him and I talked for a good 45 minutes um, about it. And he basically, he wanted to hear my voice, my concern and telling him that, you know, this is my livelihood and it's, you know, everything. So um, he understands that because there's people that talk bad about ESPN and there's people that talk bad about him. And sometimes you can't address those things firsthand, but I just wanted to do that. And uh, so I, I let Twitter know that basically him and I hashed it out and we're cool now. I mean, we're, we're, we're cool now. And that's good because in the end, it's good for the industry for us. I, we're not, we're not doing rap battles. <laughs> we're not having rap beefs or anything like that. It's, uh, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't want to take ourselves too seriously, but at the, at the same time, and, and you'll hear fantasy analysts say that too. It's like, don't take yourself so seriously. It's football. It's fantasy football. But in reality, this is my livelihood. This is how I support my family. And this is what I do for a living. So you're, you're damn right. I take it seriously. And I do. Um, and Matthew does too. So, and he's someone, again, I looked up to that guy and he's, he's now considered a colleague of mine where it's like, we're working side by side. He has his job. I have mine and I respect what he does. And, you know, I hope he respects what I do. Absolutely. And that's cool to hear, um, you know, that you were, you, you ran into a, you know, an issue with somebody else in the industry and not just somebody else in the industry. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, who doesn't follow fantasy football, Matthew Berry is, one of the, if not the most, one of the most prominent figures as a, a fantasy football analyst. Uh, he does ESPN. He's been around for a long time. Um, so you, I guess, kind of got into it a little bit. You, like you said, you stood up for what you felt was right within the fantasy football community, which I think is great just on itself. But uh, And you faced a little bit of backlash for it. You had to, you had to answer for it publicly. Um, and you made it work, and you you overcame that. Uh, I think that's great for people to know too that. And and what you said, you know, you meet these people that you look up to, and you realize they're just people. Uh, when I was thirteen, I met Lincoln Park, and I freaked out. But I think being an adult, I would have been all right, cool. But with I mean, I met plenty of people over the the years of adulthood, and and that's it. Really, is you you look up to people, and you see that. Some people are, you know, really what it is that makes somebody worthy of looking up to is, uh, is a lot of, about character, you know? So you see some of those things and maybe some of the people that you thought were great fall short and some exceed and whatever. But uh, what I'm getting at is uh, you, you can't just take somebody's opinion who, who may seem to be a higher stature than you and let that crush you or if you're if you're you know at at odds with your opinion versus somebody else who may be at a higher standpoint than you they're not if they're if somebody's trying to belittle you and they're and they're higher than you or and i don't even want to say trying to belittle you just if you're at odds with somebody that doesn't mean that you're wrong or that they're wrong um and you don't have to to look at at people who are up at the top of the industry that you want to be in as being no, uh, having a, you know, they may have more experience than you and they may have more knowledge than you, but that doesn't mean that they have any sort of, they shouldn't have t any influence on what you want to do. Um, and you shouldn't be afraid to respectfully 
stand up for your point of view against even the the highest most respected people within your industry because you could still learn something from them and they could still learn something from you know there's you need to believe in yourself to the highest standpoint it, it kind of goes back to what am I doing that that makes me at the top of my game that nobody else could do this better than me? Uh, you have to understand your ideas are just as important as the people who may be further along, you know, uh, than you. You you could still believe in yourself and go to it, and you could come to a respectful resolution and and coexist as as colleagues, as as you said. Uh, so that's cool, uh, Matthew Berry. Hey, uh, I don't always take your advice, but much respect to what you're doing out there too. So I don't know if you'll hear this. If you do, great. That means that this is this is the most listened to episode that I've ever done, probably. Uh, <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your work before we we uh, get out of here and and let people go about their day or their night here. Uh, you do. You do a write-up every week during the NFL season called the Primer, um, and that's that's something that I really respect because it's not just about football. You also lead all the time with a little bit, like uh, you know, some sometimes personal about your life or just sometimes thoughts that you're having about the world in general, um, and that shows a lot of your artistic side as well. So, talk about the Primer and also what the Primer does for you. Um, you know, I'll call you, I'll say as an artist, I would consider you an artist. So as an art, just as a creative, an artist, as a writer, um, what does the primer do for you? I love that you brought up the intro period. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do. I, I, it's weird. And it's weird to say that because I obviously love the football side, but the intro is always fun for me because it's the, it's the one chance every week that I get to write about something non-football and like just a way to it's almost like a diary for me in a lot of ways where it's something I can look back on. You know, I, I've shown my daughter some of the things that I've written in there and it's like life lessons. And, and one of the, the biggest compliments I ever receive is when I get an email from a reader saying, Hey, I, I, I love the advice. I love the column. I, I shared it with my kids. It might not work, but I, I really do appreciate it. And that's, that's cool to me. Like, like just connecting on a different level, like a human level rather than just like, you're, you're just a, a wealth of fantasy knowledge, you know, um, as for the primer and what it does, it, it serves a lot of different purposes, right? Um, I tell my goal when I first got into the industry, when I first got offered that first full-time job was when someone invited me on a podcast, number one, I always said yes, because again, you have to say yes to those opportunities. Um, but I was like, whenever, I don't want to have to look at a show sheet. I don't want to have to look up anything. I want to be able to talk very fluidly about every single player that they'd want to talk about. And I, I got there. I eventually got there. And I think part of the reason is because I started writing the primer where it's like when you're writing a paragraph on every single player every single week and some people will be like, wait, you do what? Yeah. Uh, the article is, um, it, it, it's about 35 to 40,000 words a week. Um, and for those who don't know how many words that is, cause a lot of people don't, uh, an, an average novel, like if you were to pick it up, you know, go to the airport or whatever, and you pick up a novel, the average novel is 80,000 words. So basically I'm writing a novel every other week. Um, and it's, it's kind of insane. Um, and it, like when I, when I think back to it and when I think about, you know, what I do every year with that, to do that for 16 weeks straight, it's insanity. It really is because that's something I dedicate so much time to. It's usually about three hours per game. Uh, so I tell people when there's a bye week, like when teams have buys, so if there's like two or four teams on bye week, I'm like, imagine going into work on Friday and thinking I got to work my nine to five. And then your boss walks in and says, Hey, 
you get off of one today. Like that's what happens when bye weeks come. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and unfortunately my day isn't nine to five. It's typically 4.30 in the morning until 8.30 at night. Um, but it's okay because again, these are sacrifices I make to have the job that I do. Um, but by writing that primer every week, by getting into that much detail and writing that much, it makes me prepared for those podcasts. So therefore, if I'm, you know, whether it be the Fantasy Pros podcast that I'm doing or I'm doing a guest appearance, don't even share the show sheet with me. I don't care. Like it, it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not going to look at it because in the end, I don't want to sound scripted. I want it to be organic. I want it to be just a conversation about football. And I just want to talk about the things that I've learned. Now, are there things that you want to bullet point and say, hey, I want to remember this stat? Like, because it blows my mind even when I hear it. Like I'll sometimes I'll put those things down. But in the end, the primer is uh, even though it's, it's something that a lot of readers go to and that they love and it helps me. It's, it, it makes me feel that self-worth. That's the thing that I do that I don't feel like many people can do. Like Evan Silva is someone in the industry um, that, I mean, Evan, he's, he's like the godfather of, 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 he had the matchups column and it's, and it's very similar. He writes about every game and he'll touch on every player. I structured mine different, but I, I wrote my, in the first primer, the first edition of it, I said that Evan was an inspiration um, because I think that that was, that's what people want. Like not only... Not only do people want to know who to play on their football fantasy football team, but they, they want to know why. And basically, rather than answering a million questions on Twitter, it was like, if I create this, I answer everyone's question in a non-biased point of view. Like, they can just go there and read my thoughts on every player, and there's no bias. You know what I mean? My fantasy teams, people are like, well, how, does your, how do your own fantasy teams influence how you write? I'm like, they don't. Like, honestly, I'm an analyst first, player second. I know guys in the industry that basically don't want to give away all their advice because they want to be able to make money, you know, what they want to do. They want to trade for someone. They don't want to tell people that they like this player so much. Me, no, no, I will sacrifice everything. If I don't make a dime on my own DFS playing or fantasy leagues, I don't care. Like I'm doing what I love. Um, so the primer is, um, it's, it's what makes me, I, I, it makes me have self-worth to myself. And that's a very important part of, of, pursuing anything and and not even pursuing a career but just living in general is having that self-worth so i think you know and just in staying in this how-to um format uh you know that's another how-to you you gotta have the mindset of i gotta do what makes me feel satisfied and I know you've turned down some opportunities because you knew that they weren't a good fit for, you know, what you want to do that, that makes you feel satisfied like that. Um, do you, is that hard to do or is it fairly easy for you to just say, you know what, whatever money this is worth to you, whatever you're going to pay me, I would rather just do what I'm doing because I feel great about what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, like behind the scenes, Andy, actually, we were talking about this the other night um, and we, we got into the conversation about it. And I said that I, I won't throw out names of companies, but I've been offered to do things where it's like, yes, you, you have a chance to be on TV, but I love being able to see my son every day, like to see my wife, to like to, to go downstairs in my office and just like work and not, you know, I'm not even ashamed. To, I, I kind of am ashamed, but I'll admit, I'll admit the fact that there will be days where I don't change for like two or three days in season because I just, I'm, I'm busy and I, I, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm not sweating. I'm just working my way through it in the grind of in season work. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, um, it's something. I mean, I, I don't know. 
I, sometimes it leaves me just like speechless to know like that there's opportunities out there. But my brother, there was one time when I got an opportunity and uh, I, I told my brother about it because I thought I knew he'd find it cool. And he and I did. And he's like, so what they offer you? I'm like, I didn't ask. He's like, what do you mean you didn't ask? And I said, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not I'm not moving here. I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not uprooting my family because, again, it comes back to the idea. Like I said, I want this engraved on my, on my tombstone. All I want in life is to be happy. That's it. That's all I want. And what does that mean? It means it's something different to everyone because some people, they need to feel the self-worth. Some people need to have some people um, like more, more material things. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. You know, to each his own. I tell people all the time, I'm like, would you apologize to someone it, just because you're attracted to a certain type of woman or man or whatever? Would you apologize for that? No, it's just who you are. It's what you like. Don't apologize for what you want in life. Mine is happiness. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I, I, if, if I was a garbage man and I was happy, that, that's what that means. You know what I mean? But you are the only person that can answer that question. Whereas me, I'm happy. I am happy. And could I maybe make more money or do other things? Maybe, probably. But does that? am I going to be happier doing them? Probably not. <laughs> so I'm the type of guy, I don't rock the boat. I've treated... So I know getting in this industry is hard. I've treated it like a baby. And like, basically, you don't take risks with babies. You know, you, you treat it like your kid. I would never do anything to harm it. And uh, Fantasy Pros has taken care of me. So uh, the last thing I want to do is, is, is not, you know, thank them for that and give me the opportunity to do what I love. Happiness. That's, that's the key, I think. Uh, whether you, whether what makes you happy is getting rich, like you said, that's, you know, many people's pursuit. Uh, but happiness is the key. If what you're doing makes you happy, then you can, that's priceless right there in and of itself, regardless of, of the salary. As long as, uh, you and the people around you are, are happy with what's going on, there's not, not too much more, uh, to it than that. So, uh, that, that kind of leads me to a point from just speaking from my own experience, um, that that happiness kind of has to adapt with what's going on in your life. Uh, for me, it's been when I was 20 years old, I wanted to be in stadiums and be the biggest artist in the world to be a superstar. And that was happiness to me. That was like, if I get there, I'll be happy. Uh, and not that, you know, I still believe in myself. I still believe that that could happen, you know, that that could happen with the right chain of events going on, the right string of song you know that could still happen and i still believe in it but it's not this it's not what what my drive is anymore you know uh and and just being able to adapt being able to look at what your situation is all right maybe it's um my expenses piled up maybe it's a family member sick maybe it's i'm gonna have a kid or or kids or i'm getting married whatever your 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 life's gonna change and you have to be able to change along with your life and not be stubborn and stuck that it has to be this way. It's got to be a cert, a specific way because you're not going to get too far if your if your uh, life is changing, but your 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 goals aren't changing along with it. Um, so I think that's that's something that that we could take out of that as well. Uh, I did have a question that I wanted to ask, but you know, I I ate a brownie about. 75 minutes ago and uh i think that's affected that a little bit so but that's okay uh we're like 50 minutes in we're almost an hour in and i think we've gotten a lot of good knowledge here uh i definitely appreciate everything that you've said is there is there anything else that you want to leave people with is there like some gem that you have or is there just a series of things that you you could summarize like 
if you really do want to go for it and and maybe not quit your job you know that's the name of the of that's the title of the show but we don't necessarily have to go that extreme just how could you do what you've done and uh and make what you want to do for a living happen the way i see it each of us was designed to do something i don't know what that is i can't answer that for anybody you know um and that that the answer is going to change from time to time uh my advice would be attack something if it becomes a job give it up and i mean that and it sucks and there's gonna be a lot of people listening that that think that's like you're full of crap like stop like i know that because i was one of those people you know but in reality if if something's not challenging you and if something is not giving you that value that self-worth you're never going to be happy doing it so and that's going to change all the time at different points in life you know if you were to ask me uh, what I wanted to be 10 years ago, it, it wouldn't have had anything to do with a football writer. You know, I, <laughs> it wouldn't have. I wanted to actually, I wanted to do something in analytics. I always loved numbers. And so it's weird how everything plays out. I went to broadcasting school, got a job in finance. And I was like, well, the broadcasting was a waste. As it turns out, my, my, my life went back there in a way. And it wasn't even because I was writing and then it became podcasting. So um, just know that your goals are going to change and things are going to change. You know, if, if in five years, I'm sitting there at my desk and I don't like what I'm doing anymore. You better believe that I'm going to find out what I want to do at that point in my life, what makes me happy, and I'm going to do it. Um, you have to know when to walk away from something. Because again, if you're at a job and you're a salesman, if you're in finance, whatever, if you're working commission, go to work, do the best you can. And if you don't enjoy your job, that you, you, you still need to pay the bills, right? Um, but do the best you can. You know, Maybe that will lead to open, opening doors. Maybe you meet someone at work that you know, like one of your clients comes in and instead of you know, just because you're doing a damn good job, they come to you and you find out, hey, this guy's a producer, this guy's a whatever. And it's like, it opens doors for you that you never knew were there. Um, but in the end, it's like, find your passion, find what you were designed to do. I was designed to work in football because I, I've been doing it now. Uh, this is my fifth year full time uh, in the industry and I still love it. And I still look forward to it. Now, is it a grind? Absolutely. It's a grind. Um, but again, that's because I don't ever want someone to take it. I can coast by now if I wanted to, but I, I'll never do that because it's just not, it's not who I am and it's not what people have come to expect out of me. Um, but again, if in five years I'm like, you know, cause I've been like, I've been, I've been working on a novel, you know, and do I want to be a writer outside of football? Yeah. I, I'd love to do that. But my wife has asked me that. She's like, you know, if you write a book and write that novel and someone says they want to pick you up as a writer, what do you want to do? No, <laughs> I love football. I do. And I love the fact that I'm able to do some things like that, like write a novel outside of it where I have no expectations. Like no one's waiting on that from me. Um, you know, now that I, well, <laughs> I, I've told some people about it cause I've been working on it for like the last couple of years. And it's just like, it always takes a bat seat to football. But in the end, when this actually comes out, it's like, what is that going to do? I, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait for it to be finished. I'm, I'm like halfway through it. Um, but it's it do what you enjoy in the end. And if you're not enjoying your job anymore, if, if I ever got that put with football, I don't deserve that job. Somebody else would love to do it. So um, I still love it. And I found what I was basically destined to do. And it's on, I mean, I, Andy, I know you love music, man. Like at, like if you guys I've known Andy for a couple of years now and uh, it's always music. It is always music. This is what he's destined to do. Something with music, whether it be producing, making beats, rapping himself, whatever the case may be. But he's it's, it's almost like that, that thing when someone talks about it, they just start smiling. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's ask yourself that question, whatever you start talking about and you, what, whatever makes you smile, do something with that for a living. My daughter loves shopping. I'm like, become a personal shopper. I don't give a crap. Do whatever you want to do. Like, you know, it, the world today, the possibilities are very, they're, they're really endless. If your kid, like, you know, like 
10 years ago, if you would have said, I love playing video games on my day off, people would be like, okay, well, that's not going to get you a job. Nowadays it can, yeah. you know, streamers make a crap ton of money, you know, if, if they're really good at entertaining while they're doing it or that they're really good at the game. So yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless. Find what you love to do. Ask yourself, what would I do on my day off? And if you could do that every single day, find a way to make that your career. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I did remember what I wanted to ask, so I'm going to ask you real quick. Um, but also, for those who don't know, who like, who the hell is, is Andy? Uh, my dad calls me Andy a lot of the time. So, and, you know, so a lot of, of, of family calls me as well. So I know a lot of you don't know me as Andy. So if you didn't know who, like, uh, like who's this Andy they talking about that loves music? That's me, Andrew Moore, Moore, whatever, Amo, whatever you know me as. Um, but what I was going to... What I want, we'll end on this. We'll do. We'll let. We'll, then we'll do. You know the whole uh, the whole spiel at the end. But um, you came from a, f a finance background before you did this full time. When you're when you're pursuing a creative career, when you're or when you're any type of entrepreneur, um, when you're your own boss, when you're the own, when you're the CEO of your company, um, you you don't get a four hundred one k that a company's providing you. You don't get health insurance that a company's providing you. So just being that you came from a finance background, what do you have, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs and creatives that are, that are, uh, are going to be their own boss? Uh, and I say gonna not want to, because you, you're going to do it. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. So for so people who are going to be their own boss, uh, what advice do you have for them financially for the long term? Don't don't skimp on retirement. Um, you know, I, I, I found it when I when I was working in finance, I, I found a stat that was done by Harvard and it, the stat was that ninety-two percent of people that were forty years old didn't have ten thousand dollars to the name. And I, I, I really and you know, like if it was like a high school study, I'd be like, Yeah, whatever, that's not true. Uh, but being it was Harvard, it was like there were some stats to back it up and it, it was like it was a wake up call. And, and in reality, you know, that the age group that I'm in, you know, I'm thirty eight now. And a lot of people that are my age, they don't have retirement accounts. So even whether you're an entrepreneur or you're not, uh, these people aren't contributing to their 401ks. They're, my worry is that my generation and the ones that come after aren't going to have, they're not going to be able to retire. You know, they, everybody talks about retirement, but what are you really doing to get there? Uh, because Social Security, not always guaranteed to be there. Um, and if you're not, the 401k thing, I believe that in high school, there should be a class. It shouldn't be, finance shouldn't be a college course. It should be a high school course because kids don't know how to balance a checkbook. You know, there are no checkbooks anymore, but whatever. They don't know how to balance a ledger is basically what it comes down to. Um, and they, they have not been taught. So you can't even blame them in a way because they've never been taught the importance of putting money aside. What you're doing, like if you're 25 years old, if you're 30 years old as an entrepreneur, no, you don't have a 401k, but what you can do is you can contribute to your own IRA. And when you do that, you know, consider that money gone. Even if you put in $10 a paycheck, I don't care what it is. Start with something. You know, if you do $10 a paycheck, that's $520 a year. You know, if, you know, 10 bucks a week or whatever, it's something. And the interest compounds and it keeps going where it's like you need something to fall back on because you might get to 65, 70 years old and you, you just can't move anymore, right? But set money aside, I promise you. The 30-year-old, you right now, can survive without $10. Like, stop going to Starbucks every single day. Stop going to whatever, you know what I mean? Like, save on something where $10 is not going to kill you. But when you retire, when you, that 401k, if you don't have one, it will kill you because you are going to have to go to work every day and you're not going to have the strength to do it because we're just not built to work that long. You know what I mean? Like, 
So um, it's to understand the importance of retirement. And I know that that's not going to come through in me telling you something the last two minutes, but it's the idea that you should look more into it because you will regret it in the long run. Whereas $10 a week now, $20 a week, whatever you can afford to do, you know what you can do. Like we've all been put in that situation, right? Where you're like, I'm broke. Well, what happens when something on your car goes wrong? You're, you, you pop what you pop a tire, someone slashes your tire, whatever. All of a sudden you have to come up with $200 somehow. Everyone is magically able to make it happen when they really, when their backs pushed up against the wall and you need that to make life work, you'll do it. That's what you can do at retirement. You have to make, and, and when you put that money away, it's gone. Forget about it. Like don't even look at your accounts, just literally deposit into an IRA and just make it happen. Like that's, it, it, it worries me, our future generations, because they just haven't been taught about finance. Great advice. Make sure you have your finances right for yourself currently and for your future, for your family, for everyone around. And thank you so much for being on the show, Mike. Um, I think what you said, uh, I think it's great. You're going to make it happen if you have to make it happen. Anytime I need money, it just seems to come around. You know, it's like you, you find a way to make it work. And you said you don't have to get the Starbucks every day. My personal standpoint on that is not get the Starbucks and then find out how to cover the, you know, make the extra to cover the Starbucks. Like I want to live the lifestyle that I want to live and get the extra. So I'm like, I'm going to get, all right, if I want to, if I need to save $500 and I want, still want to not give up too much, I'm going to give up some things, you know, like for example, uh, you know, for many, I'm just looking now into buying property because we've been staying with family so that we could save money in order to you know for a future day that was a sacrifice but i believe in all right within reason because you, you can't live out your wildest dreams without having a, the budget to do so but all right how could i budget for the things that i i want that are going to make me feel happy and just go out and get get the rest that i need to cover that you know what i mean so if you could find that out as well i think that's a way that you could could really go at it but if you're a more conservative person I, it's it, that probably is uh more sound advice to just cut some things out um but either way you could go at it man now you got two perspectives to look at uh, so mike taglier thank you so much tell uh tell everybody where they could find you how they could follow you uh all that yeah, I basically uh, the social media I, I've I've attached to is because it's where I started uh, was Twitter, and I've always been on there. Uh, so I'm at Mike Taglier NFL. Um, I, I I do some Instagram, but in the end, I always ask myself the question. I'm like, you know, it, it's one of those weird things where that's pictures, right? And I'm like, how do I show someone in pictures how to get better at football or understand football better? And you know, but but some people have said, you know, we just want to know what you do behind the scenes, and you know, it, it's weird having people like want to know that but i but i get it though because like you know my favorite musicians or whatever uh i love seeing the stuff they do off stage you know where i guess people do want to see that so i'm, I'm at mike taglier on instagram uh but yeah i find all my work on fantasypros.com and uh the fantasy pros football podcast awesome well thanks again appreciate it so much um this has been the thriving degenerate how to quit your job and pursue your dreams Hope you get something out of it. I'm going to go ahead and plug my laptop in real quick because I just got the warning that it's about to die. Uh, yeah, thank you. Tune in next time. Subscribe if you like what you hear. And I'm going to leave you with uh, a little bit of plugs for some music here because, you know, as we talked about, I am a musician, right? So thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
I call this the American sound. What's up, everyone? It's Andrew Moore, a.k.a. Moore. All the music that you hear on the Thriving Degenerate, from the intro to the outro, the transitions, is all my production. And I don't just do production, I play the drums and I rap as well. If you want to hear my music, head over to more.bandcamp.com. That's more.bandcamp.com. And right now, you can get my entire catalog of music, that's right around 75 tracks from the last seven years, for under 20 bucks. And if you need another reason to check it out, I've also got exclusive merchandise posted on the website that you can't get anywhere else. Check out more.bandcamp.com. That's M-O-O-R-E.bandcamp.com and see what I got to offer. Click on any release and you'll see the buy digital discography option. That's how you can get the whole catalog for under 20 bucks. Individual releases are also, of course, available. There's some free content too. Check it out more.bandcamp.com what's up everyone this is andrew moore aka moore the thriving degenerate if you're in the market for a new or used car and you're in the northwest chicagoland suburbs there's only one place you should go and that's anderson cars in crystal lake to see james orton look i know from experience that when you're shopping for a car, going from dealership to dealership, dealing with different salespeople, it could be a big hassle. You don't know who you could trust, who's got your best interest at heart, who's just trying to upsell you and sell you something you don't need or sell you a junk car. You don't want that. You want somebody you could trust, and that person is James Orton at Anderson Cars in Crystal Lake. And check this out. Even if you're not in the market for a new or used car, refer a friend or family member who is, and if they make a purchase, James will give you 100 bucks for the referral. A great way to make a little extra cash for us thriving degenerates. James Orton is an Elgin, Illinois native, just like myself, and he's definitely looking to take care of not just the artists like me and maybe you, but everybody in our local community. So definitely check out James Orton at Anderson Cars in Crystal Lake. You can go to andersoncars.com to check out the inventory. And you could email james.orton at andersoncars.com to get some more information from the man himself. Check out James Orton at Anderson Cars in Crystal Lake. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to The Thriving Degenerate. If you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help keep The Degenerate thriving, you could do that with a small monthly donation. All you got to do is head over to anchor.fm slash the thriving degenerate press that little support button it's going to give you an option to donate as little as 99 cents and as much as 9.99 per month you can split that difference go right around five bucks maybe you can't support with any money at all right now and you can only support with your time that's cool too keep on listening to the thriving degenerate you'll be thriving soon too you'll also be able to budget for that little monthly donation to help keep this thing thriving whether or not you can support financially i'm glad you're here thanks so much for tuning in please subscribe Let's get back to it. Hey, we're back. Uh, so, you know, me with the scatterbrain, uh, I mentioned I had a teaser to some Super Bowl talk that we didn't actually talk about. So now that you've got the ads in, right, we got to make sure we get that promotion in there. Uh, let's talk about Super Bowl real quick with Mike Taglier, the expert on the matter. So, uh, give us, let's say, your top three prop bets for the Super Bowl. And again, this is going to air after the Super Bowl. So Mike's got some real uh, fortitude to do this because he's going to make 
pre-Super Bowl predictions that are going to air post-Super Bowl. So we'll see if he was right or wrong. So what are your top three prop bets? I feel like you really put me on the spot because most of the time we'll have a podcast and uh, then we'll so we'll record it. Everybody listens and then the, the game happens and then it's like, I don't have to talk about it again. But uh, this one's going to be rehashed. So hopefully I, I hit on these. Uh, last year I did pretty well in the Super Bowl. Uh, but my favorite three prop bets for the Super Bowl right now, uh, I'm going to definitely say the over on three and a half total quarterback sacks in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been dealing with a case of turf toe. Uh, limited, it's been limiting his mobility throughout the playoffs. And then on top of that, he lost his starting left tackle. Eric Fisher uh, with an Achilles injury last week or two weeks ago now. Um, so, and you know, the Bucks pass rush is one of the best in the NFL. And then obviously you have Tom Brady, the guy who uh, basically, if you, if you touch his shoelace, he's going to the ground. I mean, if he senses any sort of pressure, Tom Brady just goes to the ground. So I love the over on three and a half total sacks by both teams combined. Uh, another one that's a great one that's available through Westgate. Uh, it is, will either team score in the final three and a half minutes of the game? Yes, there will be a score. You know, when you factor in the the total of this game, it's a 56-point over-under. Uh, they're expecting a lot of scoring. And then you add in the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, uh, guys that obviously historically have put points on the board. Uh, each of the last six Super Bowls has had a score of some sort in the last three and a half minutes, and 22 of the last 27 have. So I definitely love that bet, that there is a some sort of score in the final three and a half minutes of the game. And then lastly, I'm going to go to Rob Gronkowski over 29 and a half yards. And I'm saying this for a a few different reasons. One, Antonio Brown uh, has been dealing with an injury, caused him to miss uh, the last game. And now he's going to play in the Super Bowl because he is back practicing. So they're expecting him to play. However, he's probably going to be at less than 100 percent. Cameron Brait is someone that had to miss some practice. He's been dealing with some back issues. He missed some practice time. So therefore, Rob Gronkowski should be extremely involved in the game plan. I'm taking the over on 29 and a half yards, because if you go to before Antonio Brown joined the team, Rob Gronkowski's previous six games netted 48, 29, 52, 78, 62 and 41 yards. So therefore, he had at least 29 in every single game. And he has six catches of 29 or more yards this year. So therefore, it's basically you can hit that prop bet on one reception from Rob Gronkowski. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's done that. He has no jitters. Tom Brady will go to him in the Super Bowl. So uh, those are my top three prop bets. I'm sold. I'm, I'll throw a little bit on it. I'm not. Hey, don't bet more than you could lose ever. I'll throw a little bit on that. So uh, thanks, Mike. And hey, I, I really appreciate what it takes to be able to go out there and predict and know that it's coming out after the fact. Don't judge too harshly, but you know what? I'm confident, man. I'm going to say before before I actually get out of here, uh, since Mike has gone full-time in fantasy football, I'm like, I think like three out of the last five championships, and I've been deep into the playoffs or in the championship for the ones that I haven't lost. So taking Mike's advice has gone pretty well for me. Uh, so follow him, check him out if you're interested in, in daily fantasy or, or long-term fantasy, anything. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Peace.